Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. back to the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name's Tom Bump, and I'm your host. I just want to say thanks for joining me on this episode. This is part two of a conversation that I had with David Madron and Ron Brooks about should I stay or should I go, and what do I need to know? As ministry leaders, we all face transitions, sometimes good, sometimes bad, sometimes by our own choice, and sometimes not. So this is a real, raw, emotional conversation that I had we had to split it into two parts, so if you haven't listened to part one, you're going to want to stop and go listen to that first, and then rejoin this conversation in progress as we continue to talk about should we stay or should we go, and what do we need to know as ministry leaders. So God bless you. I hope this ministers to you. Thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. You know, I mean, I think I think another thing that, another reason to say, okay, I think I need to get out of here is is that you don't love support defend encourage um your your senior pastor um if you're in a point where you think you can do everything better than he or she um you probably need to start thinking of an exit strategy because uh god didn't put you in that place of leadership he didn't put you in that chair and if you can't fully support now i'm not saying you're going to agree to every single thing I don't know if I've ever worked as, and I've had some fantastic senior pastors to work under. I don't think I've ever fully agreed with everything that they do or how they do it. And I've often had times of where I thought I could do it better, <laughs> but, but that's not my job. And quite bluntly, when I, when I do coaching with KMC coaching and we're talking leadership and strategy and those kind of things, that's one of the things I talk to my students about is is the fact that you you do need to care about the mission and vision and you do need to be able to pull the same rope and if you can't it's time to think about an exit strategy it's that's a situation where you need to start thinking about um how to leave and how to leave gracefully uh, yeah. quickly you're, quietly and exit. Yeah. you're not in a healthy you're not in a healthy mental place yep, <laughs> yep. yeah what are some of the warning signs um what would what would be some of the warning signs you would describe? Um, like for me, when I started becoming cynical, when I became short with my team and my family, uh, when I was not when I when I lacked grace for other, I was very judgmental. Um, those are a couple of things that I saw that said my spirit's out of alignment. That there's something wrong going here, and I'm not in a good place. Um, and, and a lot of times those were reflected towards my teammates, towards volunteers. I was critical of my volunteers always bailing on me and leaving me shorthanded and I'm doing everything by myself and nobody's dependable. You know, I, I'm, those were constant phrases out of my mouth. Um, what are some other things that you guys uh, have seen as caution flags or red flags even that it's time to, time to move on? When you experience and express more frustration than joyfulness with mm. what's going on. Um, yeah. There's, there's a time and a place to express frustration, to do it properly with the mm -hmm. correct people. We all need that outlet. But when that 
overshadows anything positive. And that's what you start focusing on is all of the negative and the frustration points that to me, I mean, my, my makeup, you know, that's how, that's how I can tell. Mm, that's good. Yeah. No, he just, he just nailed the hammer on the head right there. I, I have nothing to add on to that other than to say, amen, brother. Amen. And, and sorry. Cause we started talking at the same time. I just didn't stop. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no you, you nailed it, man. Yeah. I, I man, I remember uh, being in a really bad place and I remember going to a conference and I was sitting with a friend of mine and he asked me how things were going. And I went on a probably a half hour tirade of, and complained about every single thing. And he looked at me square in the eye and said, then leave. What are you still doing there? Hmm. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? I don't want to go anywhere. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm building a great ministry and things are, things are going great. And he's like, yeah. seriously, you just spent, did you just 30, hear yourself? <laughs> yeah. You just spent 30 right. minutes bashing your pastor, calling him the grand poobah. Uh, you sound like you love the guy. Um, sounds like he got his back, Tom, get out, resign. Boy, there was, that was truth. And I needed to hear that. And I took his advice and I did. Um, I knew my season was done and he's right. I had to, I had to com complete an exit strategy and go. So let's, let's talk about those kind of things. Um, but you know what, let's, let's jump into this because since we're talking some of the negative stuff, we might as well continue and then we'll try to finish on a positive note. Um, there have been leaders during this season that have gotten let go. Um, some because of COVID, some of other reasons. I, I don't, you know, I've just seen, I've seen a number of people. I even saw literally today um, in a, a youth pastor's forum uh, that a youth pastor was told right after the service <laughs> that they were being let go. And the email had already gone out to the church. Oof. Uh -huh. um, huh. That was a blindside for sure. Um, I've been blindsided um, several times, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh -huh. One time they thought they were blindsiding me, but God told me. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. I knew. I even text, um, well, some of you guys. <laughs> you yeah. you yeah. two saw that text that yeah. day, and my wife got the text. Yeah. I even yeah. I even told you the day and time I was getting fired. <laughs> yeah. so, so, and it was funny because when I said that to the pastor who was letting me go, he was totally shocked. I mean, he looked like a deer in headlights when I told him, I already knew that this was happening today. God already told me and revealed it to my heart that I'm going to be okay. It's all good. Mm. So, um, but there have been the leaders that can't laugh like I can. They can't, uh, you know, they're grieving, they're mourning, they're hurt, they're wounded, they're angry. Um, they're, you know, I had somebody ask me one time after they were like, go, oh, how, how do you process this? And so I'm just curious, how do you guys, have you been blindsided? I don't think I'm the only one. Um, but, you know, maybe you just didn't see it coming exactly. And it may not feel like a complete blindside, but tell me a little bit about your story and how'd you process, how'd you handle that? Because there might be some leaders that are hurting right now that are just going, how do I, and because obviously restoring leaders wasn't there back then for some of us. That's part of why God, I think, put this on my heart because I'm, I'm a, I know this part all too well. Um, so Ron, um, share yeah, some of your I, thoughts. <laughs> I can take this one. <laughs> 
um, I've been on the, uh, the receiving end of a blindside more than once. Um, it's not easy. Um, looking back now, I still don't understand. I have less questions now than I had before. Um, but it's not easy. The first time, first time it happened, my wife was seven months pregnant. Mm. We were out of state. And um, what was interesting about that is a couple months prior to the conversation with the pastor, it was a, a smaller church. And I remember talking to him about the church financial situation and how much I enjoyed what I was doing. And did he think that I needed to find another job to supplement what I was doing? Was there that any concern? Nope, everything was fine. No reason to mm. uh, even think that. A couple months go by and he says, so you remember that conversation? Yeah, so I'm thinking, it's time to find another job. He said, yep. He said, you need to find another job, just not here. Um, like, well, I can find another job and still do what I'm doing. Nope. It's, it's time to move on. Wow. Um, wife was seven months pregnant. We were out of state with no family around that's wow. that's pretty yeah. tough yeah um yeah that's harsh i had another situation where i was approached by a church who found my information online i was not looking for a transition um it was one of those kind of what you think is a God situation, you know, where they, they need somebody, they find me. It went through multiple conversations, multiple interviews, um, multiple paperwork sessions. I was hired. I had a start date. I had a contract, all of everything that you would need in order to start a new position. So I had talked to the pastor of the church that I was at. Um, he helped me through the process, uh, resigned there on uh, our last Sunday. You know, I got to address the congregation because in two weeks I was to start uh, my new position. And after I resigned the next week, the church that hired me decided that they changed their mind and oh. would not be hiring me after all. Wow. Both of those situations, I, looking back, I don't think I handled them very well. Um, the downward spiral that that set me into. Um, I didn't have a support system in place. 
you know, you guys right now, both of you are among my uh, existing support system. I've come a long way. I've grown up quite a bit, you know, to know how to handle and process. And it doesn't make it easy. It, it, it doesn't change anything, but it does help make things easier to have somebody to walk uh, alongside, but trying to navigate that um, pretty much on my own. I, I didn't, <laughs> you know, I, I can't even say that I tried because it, it, it was a failure because I don't think you can do that on your own. Um, I, I've, I've written about it and, and this, this was all years ago, um, situations, uh, I've come a long way, uh, since those days of written about it spoken about it, um, done some sessions at conferences on depression in ministry because those those two different instances set me off, you know, down yeah. down a, a, a dark road. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and even still, I, I can sit here and look at you, Tom, and say, I don't understand I, I don't think I'll ever understand, but I've come to a point. Um, I, I, I think of Joseph and the things that he had to go through because of the way that his brothers treated him. Yep. He didn't deserve that. Yep. Um, he suffered because of what they did to him. But in the end, look at how God used that situation to raise yeah. him up mm. and then to ultimately end up saving the people that threw him in that pit to begin with and sold him off into slavery to begin with. Yeah. Now, I can only imagine what he thought, you know, in in, in jail of all places, <laughs> you know, to, to question why he was there. I have questions why I had to experience what I experience. I yeah. still have questions, but I'm more okay now with not having some of those answers, you know, because I've come to a point where I, I know I'm never going to have uh, the answers to those questions. But if I dwell on that, that keeps me in that place. Yes. You yes. know, if I continue to, to wonder why, that keeps me where I was and I don't need to be there. God doesn't want me there, you know, right. and, and the place that I'm in now, it's, it's not a place that I would have been able to visualize myself, but I'm in a better place now than I was before. And if you look at the path that I was on through the negative situations uh, to bring me to where I am, I could not have orchestrated that, you know, it was, it was orchestrated by God, but that's the benefit of looking backwards. <laughs> you know, I can, I can see some of those yes. things now that I couldn't see um, before. So it's, it's been a tough, tough path, you know, ministry yeah. is hard and, yeah. and unfortunately, um, ministry hurts sometimes, yes, you know, the, the, the people that, that we serve with, they are human and mm -hmm. they, they can make mistakes just like I do. And they can mishandle things the same way I can. I'm just a person, <laughs> you know, so 
Yeah. yeah. Ron, I'm, I'm glad you touched on something there. There's just super quick, maybe 45 seconds on, on these two questions. How did you grieve both losses? Because that's, that's, that's what they are, they're, they're losses. How did you grieve those? Uh, because I think there's some wisdom for our listeners uh, in, in just uh, maybe this isn't what I should do or what I sh- or maybe it is what I should do. And then the follow-up to that is what did that forgiveness process look like for you? Because you were, you were hurt in both situations, uh, but to move on, you had to extend forgiveness, uh, whether that was in person or, you know, whatever that looked like, but just, just share with our listeners what, the grieving process was super quick. And then what was the forgiveness process? How did that look for you? Looking back, I didn't grieve when it happened. I would have, I would have been better off had I done that, but I didn't. And I don't know if it's because I didn't know how to, I don't know if I, you're right. It is one of those situations. It's a huge loss and grieving is necessary. But I, I think if I were honest, I would say at that point in my life, grieving was something that you do for people. You know, when you lose people, it's not something that you do when you lose a position or a job. Um, I understand that now, you know, that's where I say I'm a lot older and wiser now than I was before. Um, so it was years after the fact that, um, that my process was, I found that I, I process things through talking and I can process things through writing. And that's how, I mean, there's sometimes I'll pick up the phone and just, you know, text or email, you know, one of you guys or a couple other guys and say, I'm just putting this out. It helps me to think. It helps me to process. I don't even need an answer from you, but I'm, I'm writing this out because it helps me to think about it and it send it off. And sometimes I get a reply. Sometimes I don't, but I don't do it for you. I do it for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And the more that I've, learned communication with my wife um something that we've learned and i learned it through counseling was i process a lot of times by talking i I, tom i talk to you all the time about how much i ramble and i've not said that yet here but i i know i'm rambling now but it's because that's the way that i i think yep it doesn't always make sense when it comes out and sure. it takes me two or three times to get out it, which which is funny because as a as a pastor as a minister part of the things that we do is communicate you know but <laughs> th- this type of communication is different than polished speaking from a platform yes. you know this right. is yes. this is the real this is the emotional this is the, the raw the raw you know if you will so um, David, to get back to your question, it was years after the fact, and I, I wish I could tell you it didn't take me that long, but it did. Um, 
and I think the the grieving and the forgiveness all came at the same time mm -hmm. and it was at a point where um I, I I pulled up on my other screen here some of the stuff that I writ, wrote um and Joseph reading his history and the things that he experienced and the things that he went through and to see the place that God took him to I saw myself in that situation mm. yeah I, I saw myself being thrown in a pit and left to die and then being pulled up out of that pit and sold into slavery and then taken into prison and the things that he experienced he didn't deserve that I I don't understand but I don't feel that I deserved any of that you know the things that I went through I can't explain any of it um but when I see when I see how God took him through his situation, that helps me to know God was there the whole time. You know, I might not have felt it at the time, but he was. So I saw, I saw that after the fact, years after the fact. Um, to somebody going through that right now that might be listening, don't try to do it by yourself. Right. That that would be the biggest thing that I would say is yeah. don't don't try to do it by yourself. There, I'm here. Tom's here. You know, David's here. Uh, we kind of other people. <laughs> you know, we, we there's a lot of people that have have experienced this firsthand and can walk with you yes. through your process. Yes. Well, Sorry, first, that was that, that was that, that was a little bit more than a real quick answer. No, no that's good because I I think it was so we, good. Though, we see the rawness in that, and we see just the weight that that even today we're we're talking about instances that that Ron were years ago, and and we still can feel the weight in your voice, you know, as you share those things mm -hmm. because of how impactful. Mm -hmm. they were for you. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I'm glad you kind of, you finished up the way you did uh, because I think, you know, a big part of Tom's heart and y'all, this is a shameless plug, but this really is Tom's heart because he's walked this and he's walked with us in this. He has discipled us in this. Uh, you know, as we've transitioned from from different ministries or just even things in our personal lives, Tom ha has has really just poured his heart out into us. So, so Tom, I mean, not not really even going into your story so much, but but more of what what does restoring leaders what what is you know. How do you step into these situations, these hurts, these uh, breaks of trust, these uh, life-shaping um, seasons, you know, really, um, and, and you're walking with these people, you know, so, so just share with us a little bit 
uh, you know, maybe some of the things that you have done uh, with with Ron and I or with, with over uh, other folks here in the, the last few months. Well, thanks, David. And and this this podcast wasn't to be a commercial for restoring leaders at all. I just I want everybody to know my heart. That's that's not the way I roll, but I, I'm a terrible promoter. But I know that I had somebody tell me recently when I shared with them the mission and vision of what restoring leaders was about. He looked he looked me square in the eye. I get a lot of these square in the eyes moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, Tom, don't be a jerk and keep this info to yourself. Yeah. And he said that with love, but he was truly serious because he knows a lot of ministry leaders too that that are hurt. And and uh, and yeah, I, I don't have time to tell all my story, but um, you know, yeah, it's there's some good, bad, and definitely ugly. I think for for me, um, what God has shown me is a picture. It's kind of gruesome, but it's it's the reality that what what we try to do and what i'm what i'm called to do what god has led me into in this season of my life um with restoring leaders and is is to this that i need to come along with um and walk beside people because i didn't have anybody when i went through situations kind of like ron and worse um i didn't have anybody to turn to i searched and i couldn't find anybody that understood exactly what what I've been to. I mean, I, I, I have gone to counseling and I have a fantastic counselor that, that I have always on standby. Um, sure. Cause I do need that help from time to time myself. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. I think it's a sign of strength now um, that I can admit it and right. that I'm in a good place for that. But it, the picture that I, 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 I see um, that God has shown me is there's a lot of walking wounded. There's a lot of people that have open wounds, but they're hidden. And I, it's like, um, the way I describe it is, is sometimes we, when we get wounded in ministry, we bleed and we put a bandaid on it. We try to put some set, some ointment on it. And we, then we fix up our resume and we go on to the next ministry, knowing that that wound hasn't really healed, knowing that we haven't really triaged it well. Um, it's deep and it's a, it's a, it's a hurt. And there's, there's a lot of blood sometimes. Yeah. Sorry. Like I said, this is a little graphic yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and raw, but this is the picture that God showed me very clearly was that we have to get to a place where we take those open wounds and turn and let God and his spirit process with us and, and truly take us through a restorative process that turns that open wound into a scar. And here's why I say scars aren't bad things. Um, we're on this side of eternity. We're always going to have scars. Right. Scars do remind us, but they also remind us of the hurt, but they remind us of God's greatness and his goodness mm. and his healing and his restorative nature. Um, I I had a, a big dog and, and he and I love to wrestle around. And this one day he slashed me right across my forearm and it opened up a gash and it mm. bled like crazy. And to this day, I can look down on my arm. I'm looking at it right now. And on my right arm, you can see about a, a nine inch or more scar on my arm. Now I can look at that scar and I remember how it opened up and it bled like crazy. But I put a lot of pressure on. I put a lot of ointment on. I, I had butterfly band-aids all over fortunately i could use some of that glue and seal it up and it took a process 
mm-hmm. of of time and and ointments and meth and, and keeping it clean and bandaged that it finally healed into a scar but mm-hmm. it's never reopened but it reminds me that it was there and i remember the pain and i remember the agony and restoring leaders what we do is we walk in and we say hey look we're going to help you close that open wound we're going to help you process what happened and why it happened i learned a lesson that day don't don't get my dog so wound up and and yeah. and keep my arms back <laughs> i learned <laughs> i became wiser through experience yeah. Yeah. painful experience but sure. i learned and I, and so what i do is i help leaders understand what happened why it happened how it happened we process whether there's forgiveness for themselves or for someone else and we close that wound They'll always have the scar. They're always going to have the memory, but the scar will never reopen. And there's too many leaders walking around with just band-aids and then they go into the next ministry and it reopens. Yeah. And then they limp on and they go to the next one and it opens. If you don't process, if you don't get some help, if you don't talk, if you just hold it down in, some people say, well, I don't want to tell anybody, listen, hear me leader. There is nothing, there's nothing that you're going to share about your, your past or your present that hasn't been covered by the blood of Jesus and, and he can take care of it. Amen. And, and that's part of the calling that I have in restoring leaders is helping leaders realize that they can find restoration in their heart, soul, and mind, and that that's the way God designed them to serve and to live. And so whether you're, you're, you know, like I say, you, you're leaving in a good situation or a bad situation, there's always going to be bumps and bruises along the way. And I can say bumps and bruises because I'm a bump. Um, but there's always going to be that stuff. And there's some things that, yes, you know, really are deep wounds and, there's, and it needs major triage. It needs stitches. I've got a scar on my thumb where I slashed it open on a mower blade. And man, that thing hurt. I almost passed out. I'm a wimp. And I, but, but when you see your own bone, it kind of gets you weak in the knees a little bit. Although my, the, the, my wife and the, the emergency room news thought it was quite funny that I almost hit the floor. Um, when the lady asked me how deep was the cut and I peeled back the skin and saw that there was bone there. And I was like, Oh, down I go. Um, and, and I ended up going and I got some stitches and I, I still have a scar on my thumb. And I will tell you this every once in a while, I hit that thumb in the right spot right on that scar and it shoots a pain up my arm and i remember but i always tell myself didn't reopen it healed yeah. and yeah. so i think when people choose to go through a restoration process they'll find that healing from those hurts that they thought would always be open wounds and that you don't have to quit or run or abandon the ministry you can get through and i've seen some ugly stuff but i've survived and God has caused those hurts to become scars. And now those scars bring glory to him because I can testify I didn't quit. I didn't run. I'm not giving in to, to the enemy. So anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things that I hope people would realize, like what Ron said, reach out and talk to somebody, get into a network of people. Um, you know, I didn't have that at first, but now I do. And, and that has helped me um finish strong and well and and that's how i want to wrap up this last part and and then we're going to have to close so i want you guys to to kind of give us a couple strategies if you've got to leave regardless of the circumstance how do you finish well ron 
with integrity. How so? Knowing that I'm doing what I need to do. I don't need to draw attention to um, maybe the set, the circumstances that are causing me to leave. Um, it was years before anyone knew either of the stories that I just shared, you know, just, and I'm so far removed from those situations that, you know, it, it's, it's basically irrelevant uh, at this point, but um, for me, it, it's, it's integrity, whether it's my choice or it's not my choice. I'm making the decisions that I'm making. God is leading and guiding. I know I'm doing the right thing. Um, and the other thing is the people that are involved that are under us in our position of leadership, um, they're watching to see and how we act and how we react and how we move from one role to another is going to be remembered. So I want to be remembered. Um, I want to be remembered for the integrity and for handling the situation in the right way. Transition is never going to be easy. You know, whether, whether it's a good transition or a bad transition, it's never going to be easy. Um, but think about the people that you're leaving behind as well, because it's going to be rough for them too. So the way that you handle yourself moving from one role to another, uh, it's still going to impact them. Yeah. David? Two things. Uh, your exit strategy, having a plan. Uh, and part of that plan for me has always been leaving the ministry in better shape than when I re mm -hmm. received it. That's good. Uh, now, that's looked different in, in every situation I've been in. Um, just because of the, the different circumstances, but it, it should always hopefully be, um, you know, just a part of our, uh, our core beliefs, our core dynamics that we want to leave. Um, we want to leave things better than, mm -hmm. than when we received them, um, because you're, you're giving the Lord the glory in that. And, mm -hmm. and that's going to follow you where, where you go, whether that's, um, you know, going on to another church, another ministry, or you're going into the secular world, you know, how you, how you leave says as much about you as when you first show up. Uh, and then secondly, and Ron kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, take the high road, you know, people are going to ask a hundred questions. Why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? Did something happen? Did something happen? It's no one's business. Uh, mm -hmm. If it was ugly, it's not their business. Mm -hmm. If it was great, it's not their business. Uh, you know, the the Lord is good, and uh, I I know just just over the years I've had people ask me. I mean, even even recently, Dave, why did why did you step down? You know, this was all about a faith move for me, and people can't always mm -hmm. wrap their minds around that. <laughs> uh, and that's okay. That, right, right. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, but that's what God's doing in me. That this wasn't about someone else's faith. Now it may help their faith, but 
God wasn't asking them to step out and do something. He was asking me to step out and do something. Um, but, you know, if things were rocky and, and somebody asked, hey, you know, what would you think about this? Or, you know, what's going on now that, now that you're not at the church? You know, what was really happening? High road every single time. Because, again, that is something that will follow you. Mm. And you want to be a person of influence. Um and you are a person of influence and that's either going to be a good influence or a bad influence. Mm -hmm. So uh, take the high road in every single situation. That's good. That's good. I'm not even going to add to that. Um, I think you guys gave some great wisdom. Um, and I, I think that's a perfect way to finish it. Fellas, thanks for being real. Thanks for allowing yourself to be vulnerable with, with the group tonight and uh, in this podcast. Um, gosh, I really appreciate, um, your hearts. Thanks for being a part of my network. Thanks for your support of what I'm doing and, and being a part of it. Um, and, uh, but again, if you're listening, if you're in this stay or go, what do I need to know phase? I hope this podcast has been a, an encouragement to you. I hope that we've given you food for thought. If you have questions or you need somebody to talk to, uh, you want some wisdom and discernment, uh, don't call us. I mean, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I just broke the moment. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I want to finish on a, well, we finished on a good one, but I'm serious. It, it, you know, you, you, you can reach out to any one of us and, or reach out into somebody in the KMC, say, I need to talk to somebody. Um, we would gladly connect you. There are some fantastic leaders out there that have a wonderful heart and, and have a heart for helping leaders struggling in this area. And so, um, we definitely want to encourage you to check it out. Um, uh, you know, get some help, get some encouragement, talk to somebody. Um, we'll be glad to pray with you if you need it. Just let us know. Um, so, hey, thanks for, for joining me, fellas. This has been fun. Um, really appreciate having you on. Still yeah, it was fun. Guys. Good to talk to you guys again. Yeah, we will definitely have to do another. We could almost done two episodes on this topic, I'm sure. Um, and, uh, Again, hey, thanks for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective. Thanks, Kidology, for your support. Um, as always, if you need some help and encouragement, check out restoringleaders.org. Um, there's even a place where you can schedule a free call if you need somebody to talk to. Um, hit that button and schedule a call for, for yourself. Um, but again, thanks for being a part of the Kid Ministry Collective. If you're not already, join, uh, request to join. Please answer the questions as you do that. That helps us show that you'll be a part of our community in a valuable way. And we want you to be a part because um, we love growing it. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for sharing this podcast with others. And uh, stay tuned for another episode of the Kid Ministry Collective podcast real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.